JD Bunkus, Sam McKee. It's Leafs Talk. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. What's up? Let's just say this. It was mm-hmm. nice seeing 34 look like 34 tonight. Yeah, all it took was having the best winger in the league back on his line, and he started <laughs> shooting him in the net again. So let's just start with that. That's the question. That's the question. Are you doing this now? Are, you, are we back where we always thought we would be, and that's with 34 playing with 16? Yeah, obviously. You can't, you can't take him away now. You gave him back his, his treat. You can't take away his treat now. Like, yeah. you, gave him, you gave him, you threw the dog a bone. He chewed on that bone, enjoyed it very much so, and now he's back to was his third multi-goal game of this year, all year, and he had 15 last year, so you can't tinker with this at all. You just leave this be now. Maybe you tinker with the second line with you know putting O'Reilly down, but you keep it back. We're back to status quo. We're back to status quo, but it's probably going to be back to Kerfoot in the top six for the playoffs. <laughs> well, it, it's, yeah. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't you dare. Now, I'm having a good day. I had a good weekend. I went to a Raptors game. I went to a Leafs game. I took an extra day off. I just watched the Leafs win a nice, tidy game. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm not in the mood for Kerfoot playing in the top six. Okay. This, it's really fascinating, right? Because we thought this would eventually be mm-hmm. what happened with the team. But Nylander's been going so well. The team was looking great recently. You go, well, how are you really going to mess with this? Here's the theory that I subscribe to right now, though. Mm-hmm. I actually think that Matthews needs Marner on his line. And I don't mean it just because, like, okay, it's his third multi-goal game of the year. I think, you know, this was pointed out to us actually by a listener who put it in a tweet about how much more. We've all been talking about Matthews defensively this year, right? Matthews defensively. He's blocking all these shots. He's just playing so great in his own end. 200-foot game. That's not the type of guy that I think the Leafs need if they're going to win like yes they need him to play responsibly in his own end of course of course of course but what they need is the guy that showed up here tonight and was dangerous for the entire night and I actually couldn't believe watching them live because man we do this game we do this show every night it's it's hard to get out to games right I know you've been to a couple this year but I was blown away on Friday night at how like little threats Matthews presented throughout the game Tonight, he was just everywhere. He was just dangerous. And why? Because, one, Mitch Marner creates for him. He creates space. He allows him to just play like a completely different guy. But, two, is like he's got another guy in his line who's an elite defensive player. And, and I have to believe that there's a small part of him that knows having Marner as someone who can strip a puck from somebody and break it out, who he doesn't need to babysit as much. Not like Nylander's had a bad season by any stretch. It's just like there's a reason one guy's on the penalty kill and one guy would never get those minutes that that actually shores up just a little bit of his brain and allows him to go, oh, right, the reason why people know who I am is not because I'm a Selkie winner. It's because I'm a goal scorer. I'm the best at it in five-on-five in hockey. Let me prove to you what I can do again. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I found the guy that made that point because it was an excellent one. He just has to do so much defensive heavy lifting with Michael Bunting and, and William Nylander. Like, he's the one that has to get it in the defensive zone below the dots, get it out to the wings, and he's behind the play so much. That's that's what I tweeted out, that it just felt like he was trailing the play so much and spending so much time in the defensive zone, and it was hard to quantify. Meanwhile, it's really not that hard to quantify at all because he's the only really defensive-minded forward when he's playing with Bunting and, and Nylander, right? So you made the great point of 
Marner, who will come down on the wings, who's really good to support pucks, great at stripping pucks, great at creating you know space, not only in the offensive zone, but in the defensive zone for Matthews to help get the puck out as well and go north and actually be a part of the play as opposed to trailing it. So I love that point. The guy who tweeted that at me, I'm just looking it nope. up here. Here's it was at thing. it was at DeWolf13 that tweeted me at that, Dave. I wanted to give him a shout out because I thought it was a great point. It it also is just you could just see his confidence come back tonight. Yeah. That was a different guy. And and I tweeted this already, but I actually thought Matthews just the way he was using his size tonight, he felt six foot three, mm-hmm. right? There's so many games where I feel like, dude, you use your body. Mm-hmm. Use your body. Where's your legs? And he had it all night long tonight, essentially. Uh, how many chances did he have tonight? I don't have the stats in front of me, but felt like he had three or four just well, grade A good ones, a bunch of shots, was around the net all night, batting the puck out of the air, just vintage Matthews. That, like, that was the better Austin Matthews. So I have, I'm just looking at his stat line here now. Yeah. Um, he had five shots on goal, yeah. which is more than double that he had in the last two games combined. So that tells you something right away. He had, I mean, when do you ever see Austin Matthews have one shot in a game? And they, it was two games in a row, the last couple of games where he had one shot. And you're just yeah. wondering, like, what the hell's going on? And how much time do you think he spent on the ice tonight? Probably less than I would think. I'm going to guess 17 minutes. 14.08. Oh, man, my first guess was going to be 15, but I was like, that's too low. Uh, it just, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a blowout at the end. So they're giving yeah, the, I was the lower say, guys. I felt like we had a lot there. of camp in yeah. the, the third period. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I just wanted to bring that up. So yeah. Uh, anyway, it's a, a little reminder too watching Tavares, how free he's felt playing the mm-hmm, wing. Mm-hmm. And again, a guy who you just, you watch him and say, he, he, it's a reminder of how taxing that position is playing down the middle Oh yeah. and a reminder of how taxing it is when you're with Nylander and bunting all season long, you're back there, you're trying to find your game. You're missing Mitch Marner. I don't want to make excuses for a guy that again is an $11 million player. And I do think that in part we, I don't want to say we overreact to this stuff. There's always that take out there of you guys overreact to Matthews. You overreact. It's like, no man, he's been the guy who scored the most strength goals. Well, he's scored the most even strength goals in his like of anybody in the NHL since he entered it. Mm-hmm. So the standard for a guy who won the heart last year to score a bunch of goals, I don't think is a crazy take. Anyway, to me, just the reminder is that this team is going to go as far as their superstars take them. And that's the guy they need, the yeah. goal scorer. He's going to have to score those goals in those big games, and it's going to be after Mitch Marner to, con- to continue to create space for him the way that he did tonight, which you- was brilliant. Again, Marner just is breathtaking right now. Yeah, he is on fire. It was at eight points in his last three games, including five assists, three assists tonight. Did he have a point on Friday night? I can't just, remember if he did or not. It just he, feels like he's like playing at a different speed than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like that time has slowed down a little bit for him. He's one of those movies where it's like uh, the Marvel guys, where it's like Quicksilver and they show the yeah. scenes and it's like the rest of the world's Never moving real it. slow and he's still getting Never things done. That was a good one, actually. I can't remember what it was called, but that one was one of the, one of the better ones where the X-Men are young and it's like mm. before Professor X, is, he's still buddies <laughs> with uh, Magneto. That's a good uh, one. I like that one. Sis is fired up. Listen to me um, that breakdown right now. No, I just... I think Marner, I, if, I can, if I can quibble with it, it's Marner pl- bringing the game to his speed. I don't yep. think he's playing at a different level. It's just whenever the, you know, it's just the game goes at his speed, whether he's going fast, he slows it down. Like yep. he's just, he's the, the closest comparison to 
like, you know, like a Chris Paul kind of guy on ice where it's just the pucks on his stick or the balls in your hand. It just kind of slows down, speeds up. He he just completely dictates the pace of play. So another spectacular game from him. And you absolutely have to leave this. Like, listen, Marner, uh, sorry, uh, Tavares, O'Reilly and uh, Nylander. Those guys, I think they'll be fine. You know, if you want to play those guys together for a little bit, I think those three guys are going to be able to handle themselves quite fine. So, uh, yeah. Who do you I, keep Nylander with? Uh, probably Tavares. I mean, you're not going to play Tavares as your third-line center in the playoffs unless you really want to win some matchups, but you want your third-line center to be much more of a defensive sort of minded guy. And I think O'Reilly can do both for you. So when this team is at its optimal, you know, lineup going up against Tampa in, in game one, with when they're sending what they have down the middle there, I think you're going to probably see O'Reilly play in third line center. Listen, when you need a big goal, like there's going to be loaded up time. They're, they're obviously going to do Keith, this. Yeah. And Keith has done this in the past. Yes. Like, and but too much for my liking sometimes. So of course the Columbus series yeah. and the Montreal series, yeah. both were kind of choke jobs by him because he wouldn't shake things up. I think he will. I think mm-hmm. you'll see stuff where O'Reilly's taking defensive zone face-offs with mm-hmm. defensive minded wingers and that you'll see those guys loaded up as a top group again when they put them out there in offensive zone spots. That he, they'll end up having kind of like rover situations with those guys, like throughout the rest yeah. of the season and probably into the playoffs. Keeps also shown a propensity to kind of be creative in those spots. I'm not like overly concerned about it. I just I have had some thoughts of what if you put Tavares with the choppers rather than O'Reilly like what it like just to give it a bit of a different feel a different look because as good as Nylander has been I would say that in the last two seasons he's probably looked most underwhelming when he's been with Tavares for long stretches yeah I think that was more of a last year narrative no I thought they were pretty been pretty good together this year I thought their chemistry has definitely gone to a different level this I think it's year just Nylander's been brilliant yeah all that's what long. it comes down like, that's what it comes yeah. down to Nylander's had the best season of his of his career by far so maybe Dude, that's he's just on it. pace he's yeah. on pace to have the highest scoring season by a Swedish-born player since Henrik Sedin, I want to say, in 07. Pretty good. Is, Pretty is, there, good. Any good, is there any good players from Sweden? Or? Yeah, there's <laughs> a few good players from Sweden. He's about to. He's one goal away from his career high. Yeah, he still he's, has 22 games left. He's going to smash that, obviously. He's probably oh going to get up to God. 45. What was he at now? He might, he's in the 45. He's in the 45 range by the end of the year for sure. 100%. Um, so, no, but I just – I don't love – Tavares on the third line because you're just you're kind of neutering him offensively he's so good offensively still and he's still so capable around the net when you play him with another skill guy like I feel O'Reilly's a defensive game like I said earlier is just so much better as that role than Tavares like it is tantalizing to keep O'Reilly and Nylander together because both of those guys just lift and sticks knocking pucks out of midair both of them can win a puck battle both of them are super strong I just I don't like Tavares as like your defensive matchup guy. Is that fair? I, yeah, of course. It, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fair that yeah. you're saying that he's not the defensive matchup guy. <laughs> That's not even so much like the way I feel about it. I yeah. think it's just trying to find three lines with offense and whether or not his game is more well suited to play yeah, with. No, it's fair. Like guys that are not traditional scores. Like if you do give him a yarn crock still and decide like, hey, this is your third line, but you're keeping Nylander with O'Reilly to just give it a bit of a look. That's all. I just yeah. That's pretty much the weird puzzle piece of this, right, is you clearly have six forwards that are just <laughs> so much better than the next six guys. Yeah. And so finding the right amount of minutes for the sixth guy 
is going to be kind of the interesting little it's, puzzle piece for Sheldon Keefe come playoff time. It's hilarious, though, that they made this massive move and they're still a winger short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like, it. It's it. They still feel a winger short. Yeah. Even during the broadcast tonight, you know, they're throwing up the Matthew Nye stuff. And I yeah. want to believe and I'm excited to see him yeah. here. But, yeah, it is just so hard for me to picture a kid that's 20 years old coming from college and then all of a sudden he's in a series against Tampa Bay and but, Kucherov's on his but, back the, and you're like. The Frozen Four ends April 8th. Yeah, I know. Like he's, and, you're gonna get him signed. Really you're gonna get him signed in, in a day into games. They're playing Tampa yeah. that week. What might be a might be a battle for home ice. Like ugh. they're playing the Rangers later in that week. It's like, oh yeah. my god! Like this kid, he better be ready if you're gonna throw yeah. him in there. But they see that goal the other night he set up the through the legs pass. Oh yeah. my god, he's no, sick. Dude, he's nasty. It's funny yeah. too because at that point of the year, poor nice. Elliot was talking during the intermission about how. They want to try to keep the pressure off him. I'm like, good luck. This is wrong. Are you talking? <laughs> no, but, but it's like, there's hey, guess no what? chance. There's nothing you can do. No, it's, it's our Toronto. The horses are out of the barn, but yeah, like, it's, it's over. Toronto. It's a year where they're trying to win a cup, <laughs> yeah. and they've got a 20 year old power forward that oh they, my god, you know, haven't seen the likes of in a, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how long. Who is going to come during a point of the year where we have done Tampa versus Toronto? How do we match up conversation? For two weeks. His and then all of a sudden, will be like Vladdy. Yes. All of a sudden, manna from heaven narrative guy is going to fall from the <laughs> sky. And you think he's not going to get overhyped? Like, he's there's uh... nothing. Freddie right Shanahan, Kyle Dewis, you guys could get together. You could hire a million different uh, <laughs> survey groups, think tanks, whatever you want, <laughs> strategists to try to come up with ways for him not to be overhyped in Toronto and feel pressure here. Nothing will work. No. I promise you. Save your money. Uh, I thought Samsonov was good tonight and I thought he's been kind of shaky lately, like not really seeing it. And to me, the game actually sort of shifted with his big save in the first period. Leafs came out flat footed. They looked horrific through the first couple of minutes. The first goal is off an awful turnover. He gives one up and then Samsonov makes this save that we're rolling on the, for the YouTube audience. And Gio gets a, a sneaky one against Grubauer who lets in goals one and three on Grubauer, like jail. If you're back and fair. Those are goals. How did he not get pulled after the third one? I have no idea. Um, but, yeah, I thought Samsonov kind of had some sneaky big moments in that game. That one was big. He made another big save at the end of the first period to kind of ensure that the game was there. The second, he was solid. And then, again, at the beginning of the third with the power play, he came up with a couple of, like, good kick saves. He just felt calm in the net. Like, maybe, just maybe, the illness was impacting him a little bit more than we wanted to give it credit. No, that's fair. 100%. Like, I think he's been pretty good before he got the trots, and he's been pretty good since he recovered from the trots, I guess you would say. Yeah. But I, uh, it was kind of a tale of two goalies, right? Like, he makes that massive save, and then it goes down the other net, other way. And yeah. it feels like that first goal, I know it's crazy to say that one goal, but it feels like that goal just broke them immediately. Like, that Dude. soft wrister from the top of the circle somehow, get your stick on the ice. Like, you're a goalie. It's like the first thing they teach attendee is, you know, when you go down to the butterfly, Dude, cover that, the hole with the stick, bud. And he's out of position. I know. He's, and then the third goal, the third goal Grubauer let in, I actually thought it was worse. Like, it's a cross ice pass. The Lilligren one? It's Lilligren, but like, oh, yeah, he's stuck to the post. The effort that he gave, like, it wasn't exactly a lightning quick play, and then the puck was off Lilligren's stick right away. He had all day to shoot that puck. And Grubauer kind of like went across the net, like, 
Okay. Yeah. It's like so the worst that ever. clip, he's like falling over for no reason in this clip. No, God, that's weird. gotta be one of the worst contracts in the league. But back to Samsonov, something I've brought up. I think I've brought it up with you before, but um, it was just a starting goalie night for Samsonov, where you're the much better team. The Leafs obviously a way better team than Seattle. Uh, you know, he makes a couple big saves to keep him in the game early, and then the rest of the night, he's not squirrely. He's there when you need him, yep. makes a couple stops, and you don't really think about him. And that's kind of how you are when you have a starting goalie. Like, for all those regular season games when they had Freddie Anderson, and, you know, we can talk about the Freddie Anderson in the playoffs or whatever and all the weird, tortured end, how it ended. But there were years there where he just you just never even thought about it. Yep. And that's what I liked with goaltending, where it's like, I don't really want to think about who's starting tonight. It just mm-hmm. felt like, again, tonight, just a starting goalie night for Samsonov, where he's solid, makes a couple big saves, Got him going early, and away we go. So uh, fascinating. It's going to be really fascinating to see what happens with Murray here because he's eligible to come off LTIR Wednesday against the Oil. And I think you got to get him in right away. Um, Because if, like, for God forbid he goes in there and he hurts his whatever again, hurts his leg or his shoulder or his, you know, I don't know what the hell else he's going to hurt. But if he goes in there in that game and gets hurt, you got to look for somebody at the deadline, which is Friday. Like, you need to play them right away. That's interesting. No? because well, no, it is. It's just, like, the, this is the thing that scares me with Murray. Um, and maybe it is because of the Freddie Anderson thing. Mm-hmm. But it's very clear that when he came here, he thought this was his net. And and it's like the Leafs didn't owe him that because Murray? he was acquired in a trade. Yes. Yeah. Murray. That he thought this was his net and that this was going to be his job and it was his bounce back time and it was his goalie coach and it was all his people bringing him back in, Ontario, all these different things. He gets the injury right away. Samsonov plays all right. He gets back in the groove. He starts playing well. He does the injury thing again. And there are just so many shades to me of the Freddie Anderson thing where when he lost the net to Jack Campbell and the team started to gravitate towards Jack, like Freddie similar. Yeah. Freddie started to get moody and he had that thing where they were like, Oh, if you come back, maybe you can get a chance at one of these games. And remember we were having conversations going like he hadn't even played. And we were saying, well, if Jack Campbell has one bad game, then maybe Freddie gets a net the next one. I was like, Oh, it, it just, <laughs> there's just nothing like, is one game going to change the way you feel about Matt Murray ahead of the dead? Like there's just not hurt. enough time. Sure. I guess if he gets hurt, but then it's like, what, then you pushed him. So I just don't think that there's a, I don't think that there's a perfect scenario here that works for me. Like, I, I think what you're saying is interesting. It's something that I hadn't really thought of because I've been of the other mind where it's like, your goalie is good. Samsonov has been fine. Just play him all the way and don't worry about it. It'd be weird to see them try to get like what the Leafs did the year before or that like the year I'm talking about, which is try to get a Riddick kind of guy with a third round pick. But I don't think that they have the ability to do that. And honestly, like at this point, who the hell is that guy out there? That's Corpus Allo. Oh, well, Corpus Allo. Yeah, that's a total. Buddy, you're getting Corpus Allo. He might be your starting Yeah, but he's a a UFA. Yeah. This year. So it's like if you're looking for the guy, like I – my dream scenario is Matt Murray on LTIR for the rest of the year and trading for a backup goalie. <laughs> what are they? What assets are they going to use to get? Ah, I, mean, I, I mean, not even Corpus Al. I just Columbus I, wants Toronto's first round pick in twenty twenty eight. No, like, but, yeah. they, they listen. They just have not. Is this the NBA? 
they have not. I just, I'm completely broken on trust with Matt Murray. Like, I have no trust. That's fair. Like, I went into the year trusting, excited, thought he was going to have a good year, got really excited when he played so well there yeah. for that month. It was like a month he played well. I think, like, the Dallas game, I think of that Nashville game where he was excellent. Like, there's a couple games that stick out in my mind. And then he started getting back to not being very good, and then he got hurt again. I, I can't. I, the trust is gone. Like, I have no trust that he's going to come back and be decent. Do you? Well, I think I have more than you. Yeah. Just I, there's, you know me, man. I still believe in pedigree and yeah, I know. You know the championship aura, and even yeah. though that was 2016, and you remember <laughs> that's when like the Blue Jays had Edwin and Jose wow, that's, Bautista, that's like, like seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, it's just that we're old guys. Views so came we, out that year, buddy. We were thinking control. We're old, so we think 2016 was a couple years ago, and it was no. not. It's just not. That was not the time. But there, to me, I just I don't see the upgrade, and. To me, it's like I'm not giving up an asset to go out and get some backup goaltender who, if he gets in a playoff game, you're dead anyway. Like, That's I'd fair. rather. That's fair. I, I just, I, I'd rather not have it. You're right. right. If there was a Corpus Allo situation, I'd go great. Although that would be like the most weird thing ever to go out and get a guy that would actually be now threatening Samsonov immediately for his spot on the team like it would just that like that's actually that's too chaotic to me at this point no like no joke you yeah. gotta just you gotta trade Samsonov going the other way like, oh my god you gotta you gotta do something insane we've officially but, entered hf boards now no i know we're we're, <laughs> we're, off, we're off our rocker here this is making no sense anymore okay so one thing i did want to bring up mm. about hey when they eventually move o'reilly down if they do that and they decide to do the you're saying they're a winger short but not really to me because Achari has to play up the lineup with him. Achari has to play with who? O'Reilly? Yeah, if they put O'Reilly down the middle, you're moving Achari. This is kind of the, the strange thing yeah. about where the Leafs are at right now. They clearly don't have, like, three lines to roll come playoff time, mm -hmm. although the, the camp line has looked a lot better lately, and I, I actually think Engball's been playing well, and he's just been doing some things that I've gone like, oh, that's really nice. That's a good play by him. I don't know. He's, just, he's looked better to me as of late. Yeah. Um, Achari is kind of given like he's part of the reason why they have this added flexibility to run this out here as long because all of a sudden like they actually have a fourth line. Those guys have tilted the ice massively. They had a horrific shift tonight where they just got stapled, pinned in. They were in their own end for like two minutes. But Achari delivered another big hit tonight and then the two the of them solid. They've gone up like their expected goals for when they're on the ice is has like had a massive leap since Achari jumped in on that fourth line. Like turns out again, a real NHL player down there has done something like removing the two guys, the someday we're going to look back in the Pontus Holmberg time capsule of takes and it's going to be <laughs> ugly. It's not going to be pleasant. What we've seen there. the Bobby McMahon takes who uh, I know he's lighting it up in the AHL and I know Pontus is fine. I'm just saying that you really do see the difference in caliber of yes. player. And when you have camp and Achari down the middle, there is less urgency for you to just make that move and see what you have with, yeah, like the other two centers. I know that's the destiny. Sheldon Keefe has said it. It does make more sense. But, mm -hmm. yeah, boy, that makes things easier now that you have five centers and one of them is not uh, – <laughs> no, one of them is not Kerfoot. I, I really like Achari, man. Me too. I, I've really loved his game since he's gone. I can't here. believe the two old Toronto guys like the yes. dude who hits. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> it's, a, I, it's happened. Yeah, it's a shocking <laughs> development that no one expected to see. God, any other number than 52. 
I see Marinchin every time, and it just yeah. like haunts me a little bit every single time it he comes. Of works forward. for him though. I won't lie. It's not. A, it I, t- I it grew on me. Like when I first saw it, I was like, and now now it's kind of grown on me. Well, yeah, because you like him. Yeah, I but guess that's probably he's, it. He's just a really heavy playoff type player. Like you can just picture him having a big moment, killing a big penalty, laying out, hitting somebody, getting the puck out when you need it, leaning on a guy. Like I've just noticed that's probably the number one thing that I've noticed from O'Reilly and Achari. It's something that they both have is just heavy sticks. Yeah. Like, like the way O'Reilly, like you know, he went a whole year without any. Do you have two penalty minutes or no penalty minutes? Oh, Remember yeah, everybody. No, clean like just clean player but like he's not like it's not like a soft game he's playing like he's in the mix at all times and the way he comes down on guys sticks it's like right in the sweet spot lifts him so well and achari does something really similar to that with his stick and his body he just leans on guys you can tell that they hate playing against him he's that that low center of gravity guy that's like was he like five ten five eleven and just yeah he's five ten he's like as wide as he is tall and just like gets into your chest he just leans on you so I really loved what I've seen from him I yeah. I've been really really impressed I've been more impressed with him than I have been with O'Reilly to be honest like in well, terms of I mean he had a hat trick against the Sabers that was awesome but like I just really from what I was expecting out of the two of them I've been blown away versus my expectations I've been blown away by Achari. You know, you you took the Toronto guy, like the Toronto hockey fan, take all the way to the edge, and then it was right there teetering, and you mm. just you you shoved it right off. You know? I mean, <laughs> and it's like I know you didn't say better than O'Reilly, but oh I no, just, just been yeah. like more impressed, more impressed with what I like. I didn't know he was gonna be this good, is what I'm saying. I, yeah, I I agree with that part of it. I don't agree with the more impressive than O'Reilly. I actually find myself like a few times a game really being impressed by what you mentioned with O'Reilly, just the the little details of his game, and. Yeah, how hard he is on pucks. Mm-hmm. And just, like, it's hard to get him off him, and it's hard to get away from him. Yeah. Like, he just, he closes space on guys so incredibly well, and he never does it in a stupid way where you go, like, ah, it's just, it's, like I said, it's always clean. It's yeah. that hand-eye, it's that attention to detail, and I just, I really, really, really love his yeah. game, and I think that both guys could not be more perfect hits for what the Leafs needed. It's a, it's an incredible, this, this actually, you know, this might go down as Dubas's best move. Like, yeah, it, I mean, it's, if they go past the first round, obviously, yes. Yeah. But if course. they don't, it's just the, you know, it's going to be another one where it's like it didn't help them win. Well, then it'll get into the situation where it's like if they resign either of the guys, you know, they wanted yeah. to sign a charter last year, but that it gets into the Giordano thing where it's like, oh, you gave up the assets, but you got the guy. Anyway, who cares? Um, what else do I got? Oh, yeah. Geo sits the record in like the least sexy way possible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shot straight off the deck. Great yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 what a highlight. <laughs> I got like, it's weird because I care so much about guys blocking shots. Yeah. But, and I'm not trying to take away from the guy because he clearly brings Toronto. Oh, but you've such already a... crapped all over this on Friday night. So, oh, okay. so get crap away. Uh, it's just a weird record where they're yes. even going through it on the broadcast where they're like, they haven't recorded this since what? They, late, way later than you expect, like 05? Yeah, it's late. Oh, yeah. Why was yeah. it counted? Like, but you think of all the guys that have, and like they're naming it, and you could tell Simmer, old hockey guys, like, oh, I had some boys on my team that would have set the record like yeah, immediately. He, he named eight guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like, not all those guys did it. What were you doing? Simmer, you played with Gretzky. Like, yeah, you played with Yager. What are you talking it. about? How much was it. the puck in your end? I just anyway. love that he's classic hockey guy, being like, the guys on my team were the best at it. It just immediately <laughs> went into it. I love yeah. that. Okay. It's like, Losey was the best all time. <laughs> yeah, this is this is just a two things can be true thing for me though. 
I really do think that Giordano is the heart and soul of the blue line right now. Like he's the heart. He's just, he's the heartbeat of this team. He's more effective. Jason Spezza in a lot of regards, like guy that just shows up and does what he needs to do every single night. And he's not afraid to take a shot. You even heard him in the broadcast. They asked him like, Oh, who are you kind of afraid of? And he's like, once you start thinking about that, you'll never start blocking shots. And I went, God, what a warrior you are. I love you. So, I really do appreciate that element of his game, that old school part of his game where he will be the one who sacrifices the body to make a play like 10 times out of 10. He will always sign up for that. And frankly, man, when he was in Calgary and he was at the peak of his powers and watching him, I, it was the same thing. Like it was never any different with this guy. Like there's a reason why he's worn multiple C's, right? Yeah. Why he is that dude. But yeah, the record itself is kind of like, I was in the building on Friday and I was like, oh yeah, we might see the record tonight. And then I went, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's got to be like, dude, the, being in the building for a record is one of the coolest things that you can experience <laughs> as a sports fan. And I thought to myself, like, how many records would be like less exciting to me than this? Maybe none. That's the record for least sexy record, right? <laughs> like, think about if it was you were about to see the block shots career in the NBA. Oh, it's you, a like, huge how, deal. Yeah, and then you saw it and swat, and you'd like yeah. lose your mind and be like, "Holy crap! Like, what a record! Like, how many great block shots yeah. guys have there been in the NBA?" And then, yeah, that one is different. Anyway, so, I don't like doing this. I don't like. I, I don't like diminishing listen, it. I just, I think it's a good chance to just give Mark Giordano all the credit in the world for what he's brought to the Leafs. That's it. That's it. Full, Which is full stop. He's brought it, and that's probably the fact that he got this contract. It's probably Dubas's best trade. Like, if you really look down at it, you know, you can talk about other ones. You can, you know, quibble. Like, all of them don't. I don't like, add the extensions with the trade. Okay. Like, because if we're doing that, then it's like, is the Jake Muzzin trade bad? Because they gave Muzzin an extension that we all kind of knew at the time mm-hmm. that it probably wasn't going to age very well. But trading for Muzzin was awesome. And then the, the first. No, I still think Muzzin is probably his, maybe his best move for what they needed at the time. Yeah, like you like, can't you can't look back. You can't look at it through the lens of today or whatever. I'm just saying we don't need to get down this road. I'm just saying yeah, yeah. That, the, that Giordano is my, in the yeah yeah. Go ahead. My rule is just simple. It's that you judge the trade based on like what you get mm. guaranteed. Like yeah. you re-signing someone, that's a separate move you make. So yeah, it's yeah. like if Dubis signing Giordano goes down as one of his best moves, I actually don't give him like too much credit for that because Giordano wanted to be here and he was going to sign here the following year, like. You could make the opposite case, which is like, well, you did get bounced in the first round. It would have been better to holster that second round pick, keep it, and then just sign Gio the following season. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I just course. view them as separate things. Yeah. So I think it was a good trade. I yeah. also think it was obviously a much better signing. Um, the last thing I have for you, just quickly here, yeah, is would the Leafs have a slightly better or slightly worse record than the Boston Bruins if they were in the Western Conference? It's infuriating. It's, it's impossible. a joke conference. What's going on over there? Yeah, I know. There's no good teams. There's nobody good. And there's not even a team that's like remotely good. It's just trash. It's all trash. (laughs) Like there's nothing good. I'm frustrated as a Leafs fan watching it. It, This happens in sports sometimes where the conferences get Mm -hmm. wildly out balanced. It happened in the NBA for a long time with the Western Conference. It's happened in the NFL. And the the NHL with the West. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the AFC in football for a long time was just dominant. The NFC couldn't get their act together. And like even this year, actually, to a certain degree, like the NFC only had a couple of teams, maybe the best one. But after that, it was like pretty thin. So this is sort of just what happens in sports years. There's down cycles, up cycles. It's just especially hard when you're pinned in with the Tampa Bay Lightning 
for a yeah. first round matchup and you think like, dude, the Leafs against any team in the Western Conference, like any single one of them would be minus 250 favorites. Avs, they'd be they'd be an even money with the Avs, I think. Just because of the pedigree. If we're actually doing like gambling lines, I think, you know, right. with the pedigree, I think maybe they'd be they'd be minus 150, minus 130 maybe in a series against them. But outside of that, 100%. Huge favorites in it. Like the Dallas Stars are leading their comp, their division, the Golden Knights who have had issues all year. Like Golden Knights are the only team that Toronto's played this year where they look good and I went, "Damn, that's a nice and team the, out." The West. Oilers are going to get the Kings in the first round probably again. Yeah. Or they're going to get the Wild or the Squids in the first round potentially. Yeah. It's just like it it really is infuriating and you see what the Eastern Conference is doing now. If you, I don't know who I saw tweet it, but it's a great point. The hardest match, the easiest matchup that an East team's going to get is the final. When they get to the final, like if you picture the Leafs, if they want to make the Stanley Cup final, they got to beat Tampa and then somehow beat the best team maybe in the history of the game right now, the Boston Bruins. And then one of New Jersey who just added Timo Meyer, uh, the Rangers are going to add Patrick Kane and Tarasenko and got guys spitting in other guys' faces. <laughs> wow. And then, and then yeah. Carolina, potentially, who probably won't get there because they're just Carolina and they do this every year. They're sick. In the, they're, they're like kind of the East. Dude, the how of pissed, the, if Carolina had a single fan, they'd have to be so choked that they didn't make the Timo Meyer trade. Like, there's oh, my never, God. There's never been a team that needed to make the Timo Meyer trade more than Carolina, and they didn't do it. And I thought that was just like destiny. And then I'm watching headlines last night during hockey night and Elliot goes, they're the ones that are on the outside. I'm like, classic Carolina, just you're going to be the team that shows up and everybody, you know, fawns over, but yeah. can't get it done. Dismiss it. Anyways, so, we're one, into the two, Leafs fan three, time about Hold the on. schedule and the just toughness. Give me, one, give me one second here. I'm just doing some quick math. One, two, three, four, oh, five, boy. six. There's quick six, te- there's, there's six teams in the Eastern conference that have more points than the best team in the Western conference. Yeah. That checks out. There's six That's, teams in the Eastern Conference that I think would be favored over teams in the Western yeah, Conference. Again, crazy. Sure, you can tell me about Colorado and the pedigree, but and maybe everybody gets This isn't just Leaf fans bitching. Every team in the Eastern Conference is terrified, other than the Bruins fans, who are just like strutting around, you know, swinging, you know, what around, just so yeah. excited that they're so sick. But I think every team in the East, their fans are probably a little bit worried. All right, this, I, I'll take a shot. I'll take a shot at the West. Nobody out here is up seeing your teams play like junk every single night, <laughs> except for those of us that are paid to do it. And so, no. Watching McDavid's pretty sick. Yeah. I like that. I enjoy that. Yeah. I watch, I like watching McDavid as well. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. fun. It's goalie score, goalie score the, the, is pretty nice. Like, yep. just short, like, yeah, he does the things that nobody else can do. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Great. And then watching Western Conference hockey is you're going to make the playoffs. You beat up on who all year long? Sorry. Yeah, like, I know. who are the teams? The team yeah. Vancouver is getting goalie goals scored on them. What do you like, think the Sabres would be if they're in the Western Conference? Who do you – like, they would be in a playoff spot. You don't spot think they're better time. than the Kraken is what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Oh, my God. They're better than the Wild. They're better than the yeah. Kraken. They're pro- Like, they're probably even with the Kings in the same conversation. Maybe not the Jets because they got good goal. Kraken, pending, but Kraken like, are just a team full of, like, second line. Okay, guys. guys. They're just yeah. okay guys. Like it's a bunch of good guys on the team. Yeah. So and they're like, that's enough. Well, can't <laughs> wait for the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Anyway, <laughs> let's wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, I got nothing else. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave five stars. Hit the thumbs up on YouTube. Share it when you see it on Twitter. Share it if you want to post it on Instagram. Do all those nice things for us. It really does help out the squad. Um, yeah, it's like the most important thing to us is leaving five stars reviews on iTunes, Spotify. Leave a comment if you got it. 
You can reach us anytime on Twitter or on Instagram at JD Bunkus at Sam A. McKee. Uh, that's it for us. We will see you Wednesday. late. Oilers. No, it's not that late. Eight o'clock start. Oh, yeah. But then the next, it's a back to back. It's just yeah. Yeah. eight, nine, it's eight, then nine and trade deadline. It's like, and, and then and then on Saturday, the Vancouver. So mad. Four o'clock hockey in Vancouver. Oh, Get yeah, ready, that's Vancouver. Nice Super Bowl. That's a nice Super Bowl of happiness. <laughs> is them playing at seven or at four o'clock and they're oh. all down, raveling, raveling. Oh, yeah. Bend the it. knee, Vancouver. We'll see you at four o'clock your time. All right. <laughs> for JD Buck and Sam McKee, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.